Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we talked with Danielle Meadows-Stinnett. She is the founder and owner of Octane Design Studios. Really wholesome, lovely and all-round inspiring figure. This episode was recorded on the 14th of November, 2020. Ah, uh, you know, living in a pandemic, the usual. Uh, (laughs) uh, it's uh, definitely a a tough time to to be running a business it it is um it's been really challenging but to be very honest it's been quite rewarding um at the same time um this is some of the highest sales and profits we've seen actually in the past couple of years because um we feel like people are focusing more on the screen yeah well Ah. done well done it's um yeah it's kind of fantastic where despite the kind of tough times that we're in is you know everybody's out there to kind of adapt and kind of be uh kind of self-preserving and it's allowing people to kind of be more creative and think about their companies and their brands in all new ways absolutely that is definitely something that is a selling point um from our end on a business end um it's been really interesting to find new and unique ways where we can push people to um really try and try new things once um, to also do things that are kind of outside the norm that's now our normal norm. Who would have thought mm. that face mask branding would have been such a tremendous marketing push? Um, but now that's a requirement um, for a lot of our clientele. Wow. And yeah, so kind of on the, the day-to-day, what sort of stuff are kind of, uh, you up to and kind of what sort of work have you been kind of keeping yourself busy with? Um, a lot of it, honestly, is digital um, digital branding and digital teaching. I do a lot of online teaching. Right now, um, Canvas is super popular um, for small businesses who are unfamiliar with all the graphic technology and graphic mm. design period. Uh, a lot of people in this particular area are focusing less and less on doing it myself and just hiring someone to do it. So that's where we come in. And we fill in those blanks and we just allow people to either learn a new skill or um, we just take care of it for them and knock it out. Yeah, and I don't know if you feel it now that we're kind of so digital, as well as just uh, having your face out there, like quite often before, um, let's say 10, 15 years ago, if you had a store, you know, the sign on the, the top of the store, you know, might not even be looked at. People would be looking in the window. But now that we're all social mm-hmm. and having social media having a good profile picture can really make the difference absolutely so that's something we extremely encourage all the time if you are a solopreneur and we really encourage you to show your face more often this is a lesson i personally am still um pushing myself to do as i love Mm. to hide uh, a little bit behind my graphics if you will Uh, i like to let my work speak for itself but that still doesn't mean i can't let people be personally uh, or personally attached to myself so um, I am kind of putting myself on a routine of, have I shown my face today? <laughs> ah, and yeah, you've, you've been doing uh, tons of that stuff because you've got the, the podcast, which I, I, I love to see businesses have podcasts because it's kind of like, oh, thank God it's not just us, which I, I love that. How's that been going? <laughs> um, actually pretty good. The More Than Graphics podcast is really aimed at you know tech and creatives, um, focused primarily on women, but we have tons of guys on the show and a good listenership of men. Um, and it's really just that work on self, self-development that we um, kind of mentally put ourselves out of when we think about our jobs. Sometimes people just label us as the robot, the graphic designer, 
um, you know, the secretary or whichever. And sometimes mentally, we just need to get away from that and become a little bit more humane. And so that podcast specifically is aimed at um, just the work on self and um, enjoying other people that are like us. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you would kind of agree with me, Louise, where, you know, I think a, a good underpinning of what we've been discussing a lot on this podcast and when we've had uh, people have been doing well and kind of very happy in what they're doing, it's remembering that, you know, there's there's mental health and yourself and all that beyond the business. Like yeah. that is, you know, everything about you pushes the business forward. It's It's the people who have really taken the time to care for themselves, but also I think thinking of themselves as a resource in a way of okay well we need to make sure you know there is time to cool down we need to make sure that I'm training on the skills you know I need to make sure that you know I'm not just pushing myself onto the ground um I think that's so important especially right now because it's kind of so new in so many ways um mm. I entirely agree um I literally just we our last episode recently was on soul and I think it was really, it's perfect timing. We just got through a really horrid election and all the things. Mm. So we're just really trying to find ways where we can reconnect with our creative or technical selves in some areas and also how to push through those tough conversations um, in reconciliation in some areas, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And how, how have you found, like, obviously it has been a roller coaster of a year and similarly being in the kind of creative industries, it can just be tough some days where you're just like, you're needing to put your all and be creative, which is something very organic and just comes to you. And then it's like, oh, I've been in the house for 15 days or whatever it would be. <laughs> yeah, we've been shut in um, for a little while. Thankfully, um, I love to be able to, I, I'm a little bit of an introvert, so I enjoy being in. Um, so that's kind of been a plus side to some of mm. this is that I get to kind of sit um, and just kind of be still in my element for a little while. But for those who are not, this is a very stir crazy time. Um, so that kind of puts us in a little bit of a fishbowl. And I, I often advise people to, you know, get out of your fishbowl. Well, how do you do that if the fishbowl is like between you and death? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so um, we try to really kind of think about um, active ways where you can be creative, whether that's with your hands or with your virtual hands. Yeah, and it, it's been great just having a, a wee look at the kind of Octane Design Studio, especially on the Etsy store. You do so many kind of a variety of stuff. Like at first I thought it was, you know, logos and brands, but there's like cards and prints. It's very tactile, which I love. Yes. So that's what I mean by my non-virtual hands. Um, a lot of times I like to, I love to craft. I'm an advanced crafter. So um, I love to put together little tiny intricate things, but I also love to do big grand scheme things. So um, occasionally and seasonally, um, we open our holiday Etsy store, um, Octane on Etsy, and it literally is just digital ways for people to create instant photo cards, maybe print some printables out, things along those lines, those insta feel good things. Mm. I think uh, it's, it's certainly elements. lovely. Oh, sorry. There's those elements that we, at least in some of the <laughs> no, work no. that we've done recently, have tried to replicate of that kind of tactile, real feeling, which is always so great to invoke around Christmas. Um, which when mm -hmm. we're close to we're close to Christmas is when we're recording this. Um, but I think yeah, especially now that you know there isn't that same sense of craft circles that you can go to or you know group oh look what i just made or whatever i think there is kind of an added value on that uh 
verisimilitude of of the sort of tactile things so it's it's just wonderful to see it done so well as well oh thank you i really appreciate it i think it's really important for all artisans to find ways to express themselves whether that's with their hands or not or using this time smartly to kind of embrace or try something new and different now's the time to not be a perfectionist now's the time to screw up <laughs> yeah play around <laughs> Indeed, and it's I think especially important in such a, a digital age. It's age where, like, I, I don't know if you're familiar when you see like all the spare Squarespace adverts online. You know, it's a web development tool, but somehow all their adverts are like, "Oh, here's somebody with paint and stuff like that." It's like reintroducing the the tactile to a digital to kind of give us like new lease on life. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the perfect um, integration, actually, is learning how to take something, again, tactile, and moving that into a digital element so that more people can either express themselves or engage in the things that you are um, providing. So it's kind of like opening a little window, you know, you're letting hot air out, but you're also letting new air in. <laughs> oh, that's, I, I love that analogy, because it's, you know, it's, especially with designer, it's became quite and a lot of space is very clinical and serious uh, even with like fun brands like um you see some toy brands and it's just like plain text it's like oh they used to be fun when i was a kid and it design at points can lose that which you know a lot of your stuff is still very fun and it's just really nice well it comes a lot from my personality um i'm a cosplayer, a gamer, a mom. I do a lot of quirky, nerdy things, if you will. Um, so that's a big part of my personality that's also kind of definitely embedded in the brand of my business. Mm. So you may see me with a game controller here or there, but that's only because I'm really good at strategy. And that allows mm. my clients to better understand that I can use all kinds of cool things to help them get ahead in the marketing game. So just little examples like that. Oh, and yeah, how, how did you end up getting into design in the first place? Was it something as a kid you just loved doing kind of crafting and making things look aesthetic or was it something you kind of found along the way? Um, I've always been a creative person. I started out wanting to be a writer, a journalist, and then evolved into mass media. I wanted to be the next um, Black Katie Kirk, if you will. Um, I wanted to really get into journalism and um, TV and then I fell in love with theater. So I started out actually in high school, hardcore journalism, running my school paper, um, leading the yearbook. And then in college, I got a scholarship to attend Western Kentucky University, which has one of the top journalism programs in the world, uh, let alone America. And um, I was able to be a part of that for several years. But in that transition um, between designing sets um, for plays and writing, I fell in love with how things laid out. I loved the design element of it. So I kind of shifted gears um, and locations, um, came back to Lexington and went into graphic design. And from there, really, it was become, it really kind of turned into a hungry entrepreneur game, if you will. Um, how hungry was I to um, get a new logo or get a new client going um, this week? And it just kind of helped build my repertoire and my um, stamina to outlast um, my competitors for 10 years straight. <laughs> oh, and it, it is incredible. How are you feeling? Because you've, one, like maybe a year or so ago, hit that 10-year milestone. How, how's, how are you feeling about that? Because I know so many people, it's like when you're running a business, it's like every day counts. So looking back at that, how are you feeling? 
I mean, I feel pretty accomplished, but at the same time, there's still work to be done. I mean, we as creatives, we know that there's um, always more things to do, new things to try. Um, the original Adobe is so much different from our cloud mm. that we're now experiencing. So, I mean, uh, when you can actually say that, hey, I knew it when it was just CS and now it's cloud. <laughs> Um, so, you know, being able to go from that scale of I was in the beginning and seeing the trends and differences and the changes that have really been instrumental in the game for design, um, not just programs, but just the way that we interact and communicate with each other. I'm coming from the land of originally T9 texting as a, as a middle schooler. And now here we are with, you know, a lot more high-end AI technology. So, I mean, we've come a long way in the world of graphic design. So when I think about 10 years of it, I'm like, I have a lot of experience to offer, um, things that have worked over the years and things that haven't. Yeah, and especially, I think it's quite important um, being in kind of a role like yourself, being in kind of, um, and where things are going with it being so integrated with social media is seeing how that's grown over time and how mm -hmm. people have used it where, you know, at first I remember like a couple of years back, you would still find uh, like local cafes and they would have a, a Facebook page and it would just be like no profile picture <laughs> and maybe a cover photo if you're lucky. And that was just like, it's, you know, everybody's need to have to take it a little bit more serious and just, you know, it is who you are in some ways. Absolutely. I mean, social media has created its own self-identity in a lot of ways. Um, but I also encourage people to not lean on their squares. Um, so that's also something that I have learned over the years. For a lot of people, they have to have that, you know, picture perfect S, um, white picket fence, you know, look. And for me, I went, of course, that's trending in some areas. But at the same time, I encourage people to just be as real as you possibly can, because your story is really what matters. Mm. And yeah, I think that offense authenticity is really important when you're starting out with like new businesses new ideas where you kind of just need to make people believe in you as much as you believe in yourself i love that i'm gonna hold on to that anton <laughs> <laughs> i oh, love that and that is so the truth that is exactly what i try to do every single day with each client um whether i'm designing a 5k or if i'm working on a gala or just a small business logo for someone who's just starting their first year in business. Um, that's mm. the number one goal I try to hold on to is being true and authentic to yourself. Ah, and mm. Kelf, you, you mentioned like originally coming from uh, Kelf journalism and Kelf falling in love with the, the, the layout and making stuff looking look good. Have you done much like magazine or brochure design and stuff like that? Absolutely. So believe it or not, my original um, kind of game plan was to maybe start a business that only focuses on, you know, layout and design. Mm. Um, but obviously as graphic design has grown, you know, now we're into XD design. Now we've, you know, we've moved ourselves and evolved ourselves in some areas, but um, I am currently the art director for the Mix Magazine, which is a indie publication here in the Kentucky region. It's nationwide, but it's based in mostly Kentucky. Um, mm -hmm. I've been a part of that for, oh gosh, maybe 12 plus years. Um, and that went from just designing something in my in my kitchen, to believe it or not, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. with a couple of girlfriends, to expanding now to you know several journalist reporters, and um, we've gone online with that majority now. Yeah, and I think the the idea of focusing on that, like, or being self aware and kind of finding the interest in that layout stuff is really fantastic because. 
you know, I think if it comes to logos and stuff like that, that's something people can see and the value value is very tangible and right there. But with layouts, quite often you'll see like a menu and like the text is like slightly too close to the border and there's not much white space and you're like, oh, that feels uncomfortable. I don't like that. But to many people, they wouldn't consider it. Oh, absolutely. Kerning matters. Um, so mm. we're really, really all about those tiny little details. And we encourage people when we're teaching those type of skill sets to other people who want to learn, um, those little details do matter. So I can't tell you how many times that we've shared Canva templates with clients and they've worked on it themselves and they want us to kind of come over and take over a little bit. And you see that little thin little margin that's on the right. I'm like, scree, scree. <laughs> And um, that's yeah. such a transferable skill as well, because I think I, I did a little bit of theatre as well. Um, and so especially with stage design, when you are, you know, doing, doing OK, where's the chair? Where's the mantelpiece? Where's the whatever? It again has that similar quality of things really have to be in the right place to create that theme or that look or whatever. You know, having your two characters right at the opposite says so much. So. It, I, I love that you can sort of see that sort of creative through line in your work. Um, and, and again, a skill that you might think, oh, this is only for design. And it's like, well, actually, no, it's, it can be really important in a lot of different creative ways. Absolutely, completely agree. Yeah, and um, it's, if you don't mind me asking, so obviously you do a bunch of graphic design. Um, do you, and you mentioned about kind of helping people and kind of giving back in that way. How how do you kind of get in touch and kind of maybe help clients with their brand and kind of sharpen up their design and stuff? Absolutely. I just did a free e-course just recently on Canva 101. Um, okay. Templates 101, actually. Um, so that's something that I encourage people to do. It's just a simple email stream, um, weekly emails on tips on how they can create their own templates, save them, reuse them over again. Um, we have a couple other courses that are coming out, one coming out on Skillshare, specifically on branding. Oh. Um, and then we have a couple more that we'll be privately doing on our website. So we love being able to mentor and help um, small businesses really find the skills they need so they can excel. Um, again, everything's not always sales driven, but we, if we can start with the base of community driven, then that really helps them better understand um, all the skill sets that they need. Yeah, and I think leaning on that community aspect is really lovely where, you know, if you have, let's say, in a, uh, both of our cases, a podcast, a, an active social media, being able to show yourself as like a friendly face you know, it might not pay off immediately uh, and it might not be like every person's coming and sending the email to get that next big project for the door. But you might get that one person, you know, getting that, let's say, 10% of people being like, actually, these are cool people I want to work with. It makes a difference. Absolutely. There's actually um, a really cool like e-marketing statistic, like when you are able to at least um, push out in that way, um, free content that you're retaining at least about anywhere between five to 8% of those people as potential actual customers. So that's something that I statistically kind of base and anchor myself on in a lot of ways. Um, occasionally on my Instagram, if you guys follow my stories, um, I give away a ton of really in-depth content. Um, just recently mm. I talked about free stock photography, like where to find that. Um, mm. For a lot of people, they didn't know places that they could look for that. 
Um, but in stories, I'll tell them, just pick my brain. This is your moment to really kind of, you know, get free advice on some things. And so I've noticed a really strong intake in building that type of community so that people know, well, she's a go-to source and I'm randomly going to ask this question and I hope that she answers it. <laughs> ah, yeah. And I think being able to just be out there and kind of chat to people. And even if you're talking to people in your same field, by doing the, those kind of conversations, you're almost asserting yourself as an authority. Like if you're in Kentucky, I'm the person that knows about design because I'm, I'm telling about it. Or in our case, if you're in Edinburgh, Scotland, we're the people that are doing the videos. Come get, come, come by. We, we know what we're on about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And y'all's work is amazing, by the way. Oh, thank we're, you. I did a little research. I'm not, yeah, we do a little research around here. So this is <laughs> cool. Um, to be able to talk to you guys on this level and see the work that you create. It's awesome. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. And it's a, it's kind of amazing just how, I think you would agree, Louise, just how international. It's amazing to be able to have these conversations, chat business and all that. Yeah, I think so much of the work that we have typically done um, over the past sort of two years has just been like, you know, Edinburgh, Scotland, because that's what we had access to and, and kind of that's how we had approached this kind of a business. But but in reality, and especially through the podcast and the just wide net of sort of casting of, okay, who is out there who can talk to us about business? And then it's, oh, who's out there doing really cool stuff that we want to talk to? You know, who's out there who has a really important voice that we want to bring on here, um, I think mm -hmm. has just made it kind of universal and, and sort of humanizing in a way that I guess I, I didn't fully expect that actually everyone, you know, is doing the same and feels like they're doing bad, but is doing really well and is making great stuff. I completely agree. I think in a lot of ways, what we have to kind of reconsider is all the time that we're not, we're not alone. And that's the beauty about creativity is you can kind of create those spaces um, that are uniquely yourself, but also that's also a unifying space where other people can really come and and love on you and, and help you better understand that um, you're not the only one. So I, I totally agree. Hmm. Yeah. And how how have you been finding, like, also you've came from this, I guess, more traditionally art experience and journalism and written, and you've kind of grown into this uh, kind of successful businesswoman. How, how have you found the learning of just this you know let's do business i i can do this um it's a everyday confidence talk let's just say that out loud it's definitely not something that you know it's kind of almost like the old school like um belt or armor that you put on yourself every day like this is who i am and i have to kind <laughs> of like um self-chat myself in the mirror just a little bit um but over time i've definitely grown a lot more confident um, because I've done it before and it makes it so much easier when you've seen it being done before. So um, representation matters and it's super important that um, when we talk about being confident and working with other people, just sharing your experiences is one way that you can simply just tell people I've done it, I've been there, um, that helps. Um, and then also just being able to share like personal stories as well. I use that a lot in my, in my e-newsletter on, on a weekly basis. I send out some maybe personal notes or stories where every woman or at least every person can kind of relate to. And that also makes me more, I feel like more relatable in some areas where people can better understand, okay, she's been there, she's gotten through it, I can do it too. Yeah, that's lovely to hear. Yeah, and it's I think being able to see representation, um, you know, it, in all kind of forms, is really useful. Um, 
obviously, uh, there's only, uh, and myself being uh, in my position, there's not, uh, you know, for instance, seeing other kind of queer uh, business owners has been a really kind of empowering thing where, you know, uh, not, you know, it can sometimes be hard where, especially not being from a business background, you're kind of like, oh, there, there's people that are going out there and studying years to get these skills. Mm-hmm. But you can really just go out there and kind of, if you think you have a service to offer and just go out there and offer it, people are out there wanting stuff. Mm. Absolutely. I'm a huge advocate of non-traditional education, actually. So um, mm. I'm really big about each one teach one. Um, so that's something that is really embedded in my business. Um, yes, there are places that you can go to get those formal educational needs. And if you have the means to do it, by all means, do it. Um, but I, if there's ways that you can learn those skill sets without having to necessarily go that directional route, then let's let's do it. Let's try it. Um, I definitely agree that for in a lot of ways, when we talk about um, business owners who are definitely kind of maybe isolated or a little bit more um, unique in niche then it definitely requires a little bit more stamina. It requires mm-hmm. a lot more elbow grease, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely doable. It's definitely unattainable. And it hopefully doesn't deter you from um, really doing the things that you dream to do for your business. Yeah. And I think that the fact that, you know, there are so, like quite often you'll meet people and, you know, they've spent a good chunk of their lives going out and getting this degree and they're maybe not in the job they want. And it's just like, Oh, that it's kind of sad in some ways, but then you'll meet some people where uh, I think a, a real revelation moment was for me was I met someone and you know they self taught themselves motion graphics for like yeah. three years, and they went off to work with HBO to do like the little wee kind of segments between shows, and I knew some people just struggled to kind of make that leap, and that leap can be the the real scary bit at points. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are so many ways that you can either fine tune that a little bit or even just doing the day-to-day, day-to-day exercises of I'm going to try this um, for mm. X amount of time per day. Just kind of putting yourself in that mental but also physical routine. Um, that mentally kind of prepares us for those moments where it's like, oh crap, it hit the fan or, you know, I don't know what to do. This is a drop-off point for me. Um, yeah. Kind of mentally putting yourself in that position gradually over time really helps you kind of wing it. Um, a little bit better. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, how did you, you've, I noticed uh, visiting uh, your Octane Design Studio's website, you've done some web work. How did you get into that? Because obviously, you know, going from journalism to doing uh, kind of websites is, uh, you know, whole different skills and a kind of a steep learning curve, I must, must imagine. Um, yes and no. So when I started out originally in college um, at Western, that was my focus was just the written word and graphic design. But as I started getting more into mass communications, obviously there's other areas of communication. So mm. I started looking into web design. When I moved away from Western and went back to Lexington, the program that I was under was actually graphic and web design. So I was able to pick up an additional skill set um, and get myself ahead. So as long as my graphics were extremely strong in communication, I just felt like I could do, you know, coding and, gra- and, and design uh, web development specifically into that sphere. And so eventually it did become two spheres that kind of converged into a nice little Venn diagram. So uh, yeah. now I'm definitely a lot more confident in that skill set. Um, I'm learning um, new things as I go along, but loving to play around with new things. And when clients come to me and say, I have an idea to do something, I'm able to use those new skill sets to really kind of 
um, pique their interest in my imagination. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I, I love that because especially like I notice a little bit with some of the videography work that we do is graphic design is almost one of the kind of colors that we view the world like it's you know it's a, every store every product whether it be industrial design or graphic design is part of just how we perceive the world and whatever you're doing whether you're designing a car sure it's fantastic to know the, the aerodynamics of it but being able to make it look aesthetic and be a, a well-rounded product um, is very important and I think that goes from web design, video, um, if you're making an album, being able to make the cover look good, it's all important to have that design involved at some stage. Absolutely, it's the way we communicate now. So it's one of the mm. situations where um, if you have a full understanding of how communication works from person to person or object to person or object to object, <laughs> then you can better understand how to um, get your point across. So I really don't think of graphic design as solely as a way, a means of designing. I really foresee it as a way to communicate from one soul to another soul. Yeah, because mm. it's kind of amazing. Like there, there's a, sometimes you'll see cafes and then you're like, oh, that doesn't look like my, my kind of place. And it's because they've communicated wrong with their, their identity and how mm. they're, they're set out. Yes. Completely agree. Once you tap into that identity, and that does require a little bit of research and elbow grease on your part, but once you tap into that, it really becomes a little bit more of a simplified and streamlined process for you to continually keep doing that over and over again. Yeah, and I think at some point, sadly, you you get some clients where they they you they'll come and it's like we need a logo or we need a video or we need a, uh, some photography and it's like okay that's cool what, what, what are you wanting to kind of say with it what what what's the kind of uh, the products like what's the uh, the consultation you're doing like what what are you offering and then they're like um i suppose we're really cool and friendly <laughs> like they don't know what they're wanting to say at some points which is funny yeah absolutely we always kind of do this extra introspection so um with my consults i ask them what they want and then we also provide them incremental wish list um built upon the things that they want things they probably haven't even thought about that we are offering to them oh. and I, I guess there's and, always yeah, times help. as well with clients that you will be like you know this is probably what's best and they're like oh but we want this though um, and you can be like, uh -huh. that's not right. How, how would you think, would you approach the situation where, you know, because at the end of the day, you're making this thing for the client, but you, your opinion, educated and, and expert opinion is different. How, how would you deal with that? Um, I'm a little bit leaning on data. I actually have a cup. Ha <laughs> Give me the data. Oh. <laughs> Show me the data. Give me all the data. Um, so that's really what I base a lot of my decision making on is, is give me the data that supports the evidence that you are saying. If this is true, that you really want this green mushy color instead of this brighter green color, show me, show me how that means more than this green color mm. because my data shows me that this means this. What's your data say? Mm. And so I really try to make it that conversational piece um, and getting away from leaning on my gut and leaning more on what data supports amazing yeah it was um i remember once uh doing some work for a client and it was for a logo and they they had a logo originally that, that was kind of half baked around some ideas they were playing with and they couldn't agree of 
whether this was like a puke yellow or a gold yellow. <laughs> so I was like going in there and being like, well, technically, <laughs> if you want to go about it and just try to figure out those situations. But um, it's been tons of fun uh, chatting, you to, chatting to you, Danielle. If people want to kind of learn more about yourself, Octane Design Studios, where, where would be the, the best places to look? Um, best place would probably be Instagram and Facebook. All can be found at Octane Designs. Designs with an S. Um, again, Anton, another wonderful business owner and, and real human being. Yeah, just absolutely lovely to speak to. I think I had a, a grin on my face the entire time, just super friendly. It was like a, a good brunch. I love it. <laughs> it was like a really good brunch that was in two entirely different time zones. <laughs> yeah, it would actually. So we recorded this at uh, about 4pm leading on to 5 uh, and I believe it was... Uh, at 10 a.m. in their neck of the woods so they, they could have actually gone brunch instead of chatting to us so it was lovely that they joined us <laughs> um if you wanted to get in contact with us and um figure out how you can either be on the biz pod or or just get a chat with about some of our work how would you do that oh Anto? absolutely we do have this little thing called an email contact at nacmedia.co.uk but of course if that's maybe you know a little bit past your your prime not, not really your cup of tea we are on social media of course we are on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Nakamedia LLP. And of course, it wouldn't be Nakamedia with uh, oh, a little shout out to our, our little wee raven boys. Uh, they, they stand Ravens. tall on long skinny legs. They're, they're a little bit of a rare breed, <laughs> but we love them nonetheless. I feel like the more we talk about ravens, the more I'm realising I don't think you know what a raven actually is. Oh, I, I'm, I imagine a raven, but I'm imagining a raven, but with like long pencil-like legs. Uh, oh, it's like a un- stork Yeah, raven. it's a unique breed. Um, oh. they, they only cut, they're only in like distinct pockets of Scotland. Uh, very special. And and only in the famous Nakamedia Red Maroon. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're really bizarre, but uh, before things get more bizarre, uh, it has been lovely uh, doing this podcast and I hope everybody's enjoyed listening so far. Uh, do check out the back catalogue, we've had a fair few good interviews now, uh, the podcast just keeps on growing, it's kind of amazing, but uh, <laughs> I do hope everyone has a lovely rest of their day. Stay safe and bye for now. Au revoir.